0: Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas from the Rambling Viking Podcast. Welcome back to my Christmas episode. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about Christmas today, but first I want to kick things off with uh, reading an email. I realize Connor, the consistent emailer and listener, has been sending me emails, and I want to just acknowledge that They have not previously necessarily been read on certain episodes. A couple of them were uh, shots at how short my episodes were, but they were still good emails. But I just want to go ahead and get this response in before the college football playoff. So, um, Connor says he has next to zero faith in Hurts. He is a quote-unquote good QB, but not a great one. I would really agree agree with that statement. Uh, And then his analysis of Hertz play is um, at the first whiff of a play not going perfect, he gets antsy and leaves a typically secure pocket. I saw that a lot in the last few games where there wasn't any pressure, but he was like, I got to get out, and started looking for ways to run where if he he could just learn to maneuver the pocket a little bit better, probably would have avoided that altogether. Um, And then (laughs) more of his analysis just says, man, just throw the ball to CD. Uh, just in his general vicinity, because he he might just score because apparently that man can do whatever he wants, and that is absolutely true on every level. Um, apparently the defense may be decent now. We don't know though. Uh, but Connor ties it all together by saying the moral of the story: OU has to play near perfect to win the game, and that's just that's just the, the, to get into the national championship. And I absolutely agree. They have to play perfect and have the game of their life. And LSU will probably have to make a mistake. It's going to... Like, if they both play well, it's going to have to come down to turnovers there. Um, and then Connor says he thinks LSU is worse than, than Ohio State and maybe even Clemson, which is wild. <sighs> which basically, according to his uh, stats, is the best possible game for OU Then having the weakest link of the three. I don't necessarily agree. I think that... Um, I think that Clemson and OU are akin, um, and they're that they're the two worst, they're the two least good. Um, and then I I would give Ohio State a slight edge over LSU, but I think those two are really neck and neck. <laughs> and then he just closes it out by a quick note on the NFL that he's way over commenting on it, um, except for the fact that his boy Eli Manning is still king fitty fitty. He's one half, and he's lost half of all his games career, so he looks meh at all times. Very accurate. Uh, appreciate the appreciate the email as always, Connor. I wanted to kick it off, show you some love a little bit there, and give you the the, the kind of my real time response there. So hope you're doing well. Hope you have a merry Christmas along with all the other listeners. But <clears throat> I just, I didn't want to, I don't want to drown it with football talk, but just give it a little bit and have you chime in just a little bit there. All right. One more thing too. Um, I was talking to somebody and they brought up sweepstakes. I'm sure we've all entered in some sweepstakes or we all know somebody who enters and always wins or they enter so many that the law of averages, then they win, end up winning a lot of stuff. I think that's in the conversation I was in, not somebody I know, but somebody, one of my friends knows. And it got me thinking, I said, you know. What, the, what is the origin of sweepstakes and why is that the term for put your name in a hat and you could win a cool trip type scenario? Um, which really what they become nowadays is give us, give, give us your data, which I'm learning. My data is so, so valuable. Oh my gosh, it's so valuable. Um, and I feel like an idiot for, I've just freely given it away. It's been sold off. People made so much money on it. So get control of your data. However you can, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that and lock it down. Um, and so I can have control over my information, at least what, (laughs) what, what isn't already out there and I can't rein in. So just a little side note, but origin of sweepstakes, where is it from? I apologize. These Daggum dogs i'm doing try dog today babysitting dog over the holidays for some friends and um so the dog situation is even worse but nonetheless so i was like all right sweepstakes that sounds super random how is that term i was like that term definitely has to go back several hundred years to some random thing that now is totally used differently and sure enough i was right it dates back to the 15th century so the 1400s um you know that century where, at the very end, with eight years left, they discovered the New World. That's how far back we're going to give you some context. That's where this originated. Basically, what they would do is it would be in a horse race, and each, uh, each contestant, each what a jockey, everybody who entered the horse race put us put up a stake. So they had a stake in it in the game. You know, I've got these are the stakes. Uh, so many references, but it would be um, the stake. So they would all put up a stake, and then the winner would sweep or get all of the stakes. Now, I don't know the value of these stakes or what it represented. Surely it had some sort of monetary value tied to it, because no way it's like, oh man, these I have eight wooden stakes now, I'm rolling in it. Living large, you're going to go buy me the equivalent of a Bentley in the form of a horse. Um, I don't feel like that's it at all. But, nonetheless, that's where it originated from. How it morphed to what it is today, I mean, it kind of fits in. You all put it in, but this is more like random chance versus... Uh, and maybe this is people watching, I don't know, I don't know. But they would sweep the stakes and sweepstakes, and now we have sweepstakes. So, you're welcome for that. My little worthless piece of random information that I love, I... I, I am known in several groups as the random information guy, meaning I just know, I know so much, I, I, this is going to sound cocky, but like I just have a lot of random information like that up in my brain because those thoughts come across and I have to look into them, I have to, I need to know, um, like for instance, another random piece of information, uh, I was looking up Roe v. Wade yesterday and I guess, I'm sure I was taught this originally, but Roe, the term Roe, it's court case, the court case stemmed out of Dallas um, where abortions were legal. There were laws against them. And then so this lady took them to uh, court saying it violated, like, I think she cited five different amendments, rights in certain amendments. One of them being the most notable one is the right to privacy in the 14th Amendment. And that was her big deal. But that's not what I'm trying to get at. The random piece of information I learned from this is that I was assumed, like, oh yeah, it's person's name is Roe. But no, that is the court records and the court documented her under the name Jane Roe to protect her identity because of the sensitivity of the subject matter. So, that Jane Roe is just an alias. And I was like, whoa, that's wild. Um, but then I saw a quote on Twitter from March for Life. Quoting the claimed Jane Rowe and basically or this woman was claiming herself as Jane Rowe and it was it was a pretty interesting quote. Um Lorma Norma Lee Leah Nelson. So Norma Leah Nelson McCorvey. Um oh wow, she just died in twenty seventeen. Better known by the legal pseudonym Jane Rowe. Alright. So it is confirmed. Meaning, this quote that I found is confirmed. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and look up this quote then and throw it out there. We're just all over the place today, folks. Strap in, cause the Ramblin Viking is a Ramblin' right now. Let me tell you something. So, uh, you guys know how I f- uh, you know. You guys know I'm, I'm gonna call it anti-abortion, whatever. I don't like to say pro. I am pro-life, but uh, nonetheless, it's not necessarily how I like to frame it all the time. But that's what I am. Here we go. So this is, this was, uh, this would have been on Twitter yesterday as of recording this. Um, It's a quote from Norma McCorvey, a.k.a. Jane Roe, from Roe v. Wade. No one ever explained that there were options to abortion, that financial help was available, or that the child was unique and irreplaceable. Which... So on one hand, my wife, when I told her that, she was like, I just don't understand how people can get to a point and be like, this wasn't ever explained. Like this isn't inherent in common sense. And, you know, we both talked about it and was like, you realize that ugh, there's so many different scenarios that this plays out with that. How could you, not everybody was brought up with common sense. You know, it's not necessarily common sense. And really, I think by and large, people don't dig into the deep thought process of, of thinking about these subject matters so, so much in depth that you, that you can reach and really build a strong rooted, uh, belief, um, in, in your case and what you believe about certain issues. So I think that plays a small part, but also, I mean, I think on some level, yeah, there is under education. There is a certain framing that, you know, people, not everyone's going to get the same level of, uh, If you want to call it education, education on on certain subject matters, and that sucks. So a really hard quote for me to read because it's like that is is the case that turned the tides for um, abortion in this country, and now looking back on it, to me that sounds regretful. However, it is a single quote, and I don't know what the bigger context is around it, so I'm not going to speak to it too much because if you listen to me enough, you know really one of the most important things is context. So anyways on to the subject matter happy stuff right Merry Christmas right the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ um, and that's really that's really what this is that's what Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus and now obviously Christmas has become a cultural a cultural thing as well and an icon and it has its own cultural meaning and say well spreading joy and cheer and yeah joy and cheer from the birth of Christ, the Christ, I should say, the Messiah. Um, now, really why I want to talk about Christmas is a something interesting that I've noticed is Christmas remains, by and large, an oasis of religion, specifically Christianity, in a in a rather in what I would call a desert uh, culturally, a secular desert or a or a Christian desert um, by and large, if that makes any sense. So really, I'm thinking about it in the terms of the calendar. There's this one time of year where you can go into stores and you will hear songs that are you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. What are they singing about? That is very clear and pointed. Christian song pointing to the birth of the Christ, and but you'll hear that. I heard that at my workplace. You'll hear that at at all these stores, and it's interesting because I'm learning that they preach kind of an amoral stance or a neutral stance. You know, a lot of large corporations and things like that do not so much nowadays, but in general, that used to be. You know, leave politics and religion. on the wayside and large companies try and avoid uh, controversies of those nature because they can be um, detrimental to the business. And it's like, look, you're a business first and foremost. But I think with this last year where you have, I mean, I know, I know in uh, Oklahoma city where I live, it was a huge flooding of uh, companies that joined in on the, the, on pride month and the pride parade specifically. And it was the largest one by far, but globally I know that's what happened. So basically it's, companies by and large were like acceptable and saying this is what we need to do and so it's a smart move for the company to do and jump in on that but not to get too off track basically what i'm seeing is like all right when it benefits and suits us or when it is culturally acceptable we jump in on this because you'd almost say it would be weird for them not to play christmas now there's plenty of christmas songs out there that don't that aren't overtly christian that aren't overtly talking about the birth of Jesus. It's just, you know, like Jingle Bells, right? Uh, here comes Santa Claus, all that good stuff. <clears throat> so it's not, it's not like exclusive to, oh, either you have to play Christmas music and it has to be religious or not. But, for instance, Drummer Boy, um, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> There's so many now there's so many that's not all the jingle bells but like we three kings the first noel gosh there's there's so so many and and there's not really a bigger point i'm trying to make here this is more of just an observation that's been interesting to me is that christmas the note that i made my phone to remind myself of this is christmas is overtly christian and yet, it's that aspect, that part of it is, by and large, overlooked within the culture. It's basically just a blind eye. I mean, we still, it's also been turned into a consumeristic holiday. And I look, I'm all for it. Whether, whether you celebrate the actual meaning of Christmas or not, I think Christmas is a great holiday. Now, when it gets too caught up in the gifts, obviously. But that's, that's like with anything, right? To me wine and whiskey like alcohol is is something to be appreciated however it can so easily be a detriment and ruin someone's life who has an addictive personality and doesn't know when to stop and will then turn into an alcoholic but if you can if you can basically appreciate it for what it is and be smart with it yeah same thing with christmas and so we're not going to we're not going to go down that that rabbit hole too far uh, much at all, uh, but really it's just it's it's overtly Christian because every store I've gone into over the past week or so is, or shoot month I should say because <clears throat> let's back this up a little bit. The people who are playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving need to go to jail. I'm sorry, as a Christian and someone who is I hate talking like that, but look I someone who appreciates Christmas. I also appreciate like order, like how this works is you have Thanksgiving, super big holiday in America, at least you have Thanksgiving, you do your Thanksgiving and then you, and then right after Thanksgiving, it's like, all right, Christmas season, not anymore. It is now Christmas season and lights and trees and they just totally skipped over Thanksgiving. And I think that partially is people trying to maybe just gloss over the fat, gloss over Thanksgiving a little bit because of the quote unquote controversy around it, how it's, um, it's a racist holiday, which isn't true at all, but, uh, interesting video you should watch is Thanksgiving is not racist change my mind. Steven Crowder, that whole, that whole series of videos is very, very good, but is, and maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's part of the reason is that because they are, people aren't are a little bit afraid to engage in Thanksgiving by and large, and so they're saying, "All right, we're just going to go ahead and go go for Christmas, go with that, and we're going to lead into it." So, but nonetheless, what I was saying is, uh, every other store I'd go into, I hear. I walked into my my office lobby at my work, and I was like, "Well, this is this is like the clearly the most religious song." Um, <laughs> let me let me just let me pull up some of these lyrics. I've of course, when I need them, off the top of my head, it ah, the first Noel—that's a great one. Angels would say, "Was the pr- certain poor shepherds in fields and lay." Um, born is the King of Israel. Is huge line in in Noel, and they obviously just say Noel a bunch, but it's born is the King of Israel. This is literally exaltation for the birth of Jesus Christ, but. It somehow has m- melded and it's people now I'm not here to sit here and be judgmental and be like unchristian people are seeing it. It's the devil or secular you know it's being played in stores. This isn't right because they're not acknowledging it. no 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 no. let me set this set the stage straight on where I stand overall about this. This is more just me digging into my thoughts than not making judgments here. And specifically with this, I was thinking about it. I was getting fired up talking about it to myself a little bit, to my wife. And then I realized, you know, I need to back up and just say, I am not mad about this. This is just peculiar. It may, certain aspects may frustrate me from the sense of it's a little hypocritical for people to be like, well, to people to basically... To, to claim to be you know neutral to be to be switzerland on anything controversial on religion uh politics um all that good stuff but then play this be like you're obviously doing but the problem is everybody does it and so it's just like we just kind of let it go but when i'm trying i'm getting off track again by and large i appreciate this i like i like i like i the reason I chose the analogy of an oasis is because what is an oasis? It is an escape in the desert. It's a source. It is a godsend. It's a wonderful thing because, by and large, we live in a secular world. The world that to me the postmodern. It's less and less, not even religious, yeah, but but religious and and religion really has a bad connotation to it, specific and especially Christianity because you know what? It has been misrepresented, as Gandhi said. I I like your Christ but I don't like your Christians and it's true. We know we're flawed people and I think, um, I think it's been seeped into culture and it's, it has, uh, it has a lot of the, the worst parts of, of Christianity are all that we see. We don't see, we don't see Jesus's message and love really given out as much as we should, but that's not for me to necessarily judge because I am just as guilty as anybody else really. Uh, just as guilty um, of being complicit in this and, and not spreading spreading the proper message, but once again, it's an oasis in the sense of you see you see Christians and Christianity is really kind of uh, and a lot of times demonized and been pushed away and it's saying you know we need to separate separation of church and state all that stuff blah 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 and Christians are posed as bigots, but then come Christmas time, Noel Noel born is the King of Israel. And you're just like, oh, wow. Uh, then there's Mary. Did you know? It's a song about the mother of of Jesus. That he would walk on water. You sons and daughters talking about all his miracles. When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Beautiful songs that I love. But and and these are played. So those last two was actually was the pentatonics version. So it's like you have oh come all ye faithful um i'm getting off track again i'm saying this is not a bad thing because you know what for me this is this is this is still there's still something here where it's we see christ being inserted into our culture whether it's being ignored or not the fact that his name is being proclaimed it's not our job as christians to to worry about all the effectiveness or are they going to receive it no it's our job to deliver the good news be ambassadors for 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 jesus's gospel message and not to worry so much about how it's received it is it is it is the lord will open the eyes and the hearts and now we will be ambassadors and he will use us but you know that's all that's a really not that's not a whole different conversation but that's just you know kind of the little tidbit so i see it as an overall positive thing that that this remains and i'm honestly surprised you know I, we live in the age of all the redactions and everything of every, and um like with Me Too movement, it's, you know, baby, it's cold outside. It's, it's a rapey song. And, oh, boy, watch out. I, I'm i surprised. I'm not surprised that it went that direction because of the Me Too movement. And I don't think it's a bad thing to look at things and consider this. However, I think, uh, by and large, people have gone overboard with that sort of thing. But you have a uh, but – but I'm just shocked that it hasn't been tackled a lot. Like, oh, we we have these songs that are singing about this and that – Popular groups are singing and they put on concerts and, and, and these songs are included. And people are like, wow, that was amazing. That was beautiful. Now, they don't even think about the words because such is life. I mean, popular music, in my opinion, is awful. And people don't even think about the words. And they're like, yeah, I just like the beats. But they don't realize you keep putting this in your mind. You keep putting this in your mind. This is what becomes popular and cool. And this is what propagates a bad culture. And so you sit here and you complain about our culture so broken. But then you go and you listen to songs that propagate, that, that objectify women, that make popular and cool, how much, you know, how much bling and money I have, and, um, hooking up with people, and it's just like, what the, what are you, what are you putting out there, you're, you're, it's so two-faced, it's annoying, but, man, this, this is taking me down some interesting paths here, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, the Christmas season, what, what are your thoughts on the fact that the Christmas, A, what is Christmas about? It is, it is, it is a religious christian holiday that has been adopted into what i would say secular culture and has secular aspects about it and people get into well there's the origins of this and that and the tree and what this means and that means and yeah it's all come together but at the center of it and the core of it no matter what's been adopted it is christ's birth and then and it's the message of redemption and salvation available for all through his death and resurrection and his ministry um and so there's that, but you know, what is what are your thoughts on? Or I guess does my observation make sense at all with how I think I think how people how careful people are and how quick people are? Don't put your religion on me. Don't do this. And you know, and in a lot of ways, our world is becoming more and more secular, and it's particularly a lot of ways against Christianity. But when it comes to Christmas time, it's boom. First Noel o come all ye faithful. Mary, did you know Hark the Herald? Like everything uh, comes out and nobody even thinks about it. And, and these are songs that like are overtly praising Jesus as the king of Israel and his birth and his coming is the coming of the Messiah and the Christ. And it's all very Christian. However, it's found in the mainstream. I, by and large, I, I think it's so interesting and peculiar, but... It's one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, this is the way it is and I'm going to take it for what it is and I'm going to say I I actually enjoy that. It's 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 refreshing to all of a sudden you you turn on the radio and when you hear Christmas songs and it's songs that are praising um praising the coming of our coming of our savior and it's just it blows me away um but it, but it's also refreshing because it's a, a little bit of a change of pace from what typically uh, popular music nowadays is about. Uh, it's all about me. It's all about making money. It's all about feeling good and having fun. Existentialism. You know, American consumerism. But, you know, there's plenty of Christmas songs out there that aren't like that that you still hear. But these are just sprinkled. You still have all those traditional ones that are sprinkled throughout. So, and, uh, you know, I, I just haven't thought about any more. But are there any one? You have, you have Easter, too. I guess, which would be the follow-up holiday to Christmas, but that one, that one stays, that one is less and less, I would say, I, I wouldn't put it less and less, if you want to call it Christian, meaning like within the secularism of it, there are still like christian i wouldn't even call them overtones just christian tones and they're even overtones like i don't think you see that as much um people everyone gets together for easter uh, most people go to church on easter because that's just what we do but um you know it's, it's funny to say just to look to look at things that we do in our culture and say you know what's what's the origin what's the context of it and why do we do these things why do we set them forward um, why are, you know, we, we do these things without even thinking, but anyways, uh, I want to close this out. That's just my thought on the observation, how Christmas is overtly Christian and, uh, nobody seems to care. And it's so interesting to me, but that's kind of my statement. I'm glad for it. I, I enjoy it, but I want to end with a fun Christmas story. And if you listen to this, I want you to send me a fun Christmas story. You can, if it's easier to record the audio and send it via email or Dropbox link or something, do that. Um, or you can just email it out. But so this one's a fun little story uh, about myself. Now I personally don't remember this. I was just too young before actually memory started actually sticking in my brain, but my family loves to tell me the story and I've heard it a thousand times. And I think it's hilarious. So as a toddler, I was, I was pretty quirky. If you, you know, go figure pretty quirky and whatnot. But one thing is, uh, my dad, we, we always had, he was always getting equipment for work and stuff. And so we had like boxes and stuff around. And, uh, what, what kid doesn't like playing in boxes? Boxes were fun, right? Like you can make a fort, you can get inside and turn them upside down. You could cut holes in them, do whatever. Um, I liked, uh, you know, you could take a knife and you could sit there and just poke and jab it with a knife. Cause it's fun and it does no harm to anybody as long as nothing's inside of it. <laughs> and it's totally cool. Well, I probably was three, maybe four maybe even two though honestly and christmas time comes around we're going everyone's going around opening their presents and i it gets to me and it's a you know it's a it's a box present it's wrapped in wrapping paper and my turn so i'm like i'm all excited and i go and I, I start to rip it open rip it open and revealing the cardboard box with you know toy inside whatever it was they don't even know what it was i've never been told what it was because the story it, it's like, that's, that's, that's what's amazing, I get to this cardboard box, and, and I lose my mind, scream, it's a box, stoked, like I couldn't tell it was a box by its shape, it was just covered in a thin layer of paper, it's a box, and just lost my mind over this, <laughs> And started freaking out, ripped the rest of the paper up and just was shouting, it's a box, it's a box. Didn't even bother to think or it didn't even cross my mind that, oh, this is a box that contains a toy that I would probably love and want. And the best part is, is like I just mentioned, is I don't even know to this day. I'm going to have to ask when I go to Christmas, but I don't even know what the toy was, what the what was in the box. And you know what? I'll, I bet when I ask my family, they won't even remember that's how like that's how stoked I was about I had gotten a box. You could stop there. Chris best Christmas ever up in, uh, up until that point. I was stoked to have a box. I got a brand new box, I'm gonna be able to climb in and out of it, I'm gonna make a fork, and have so much fun with this box. I uh, like I almost like to think that I was so excited about the box that maybe my parents were like, hey yeah, go ahead and open it up. And I went and opened it up was like okay cool toy set the toy aside and started playing with the box which on one level is hilarious and awesome but on the other level you gotta feel awkward as a parent being like man we could have saved so much money like that's one of my first thoughts is like as the parent being like oh man you could have saved like we literally could have just gone to the store and bought a box or used a leftover box this kid would have been happy would have been happy for the rest of this year until next christmas which is hilarious to me, but you know, I always did I do remember that I always do like really did like playing with boxes and using boxes or different thing, but um I didn't realize that that history went back that far. Uh but yeah there's there's my interesting Christmas uh story. I was stoked to get a box um as a toddler and that's all I needed and I was happy. Don't even know what the toy was. I'm gonna try and find out and on uh, follow up so, a follow up episode, try and bring it in. But let me know let me know a fun, interesting, um, or one of your favorite personal Christmas stories. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be directly about you, but just uh, something. Just let me know one of your cool Christmas stories. Any any of your thoughts, along with any of your thoughts on today's episode. On you know, is is Christian or Christmas is just overtly Christian, but nobody bats an eye about it. However, in in so many other ways, when anything comes out that it's Christian or even religious, people lose their minds, but we widely accept this. Um, RamblingViking at gmail.com. Send me your your email. Love to know your thoughts. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate that, I hope you have a wonderful whatever you do celebrate. Um, Didn't even get into the whole Happy Holidays thing, saying Merry Christmas. And I think it's totally fine. It's people who are like, well, I don't celebrate Christmas. Well, is it terrible that I'm wishing you well wishes nonetheless, even though it doesn't apply? Like that goes to people can't know that you don't celebrate Christmas. So get over it. Instead of being upset, just be like, you know, hey, thanks. Like, and just move on with your day cuz what what's the difference between those two scenarios? One of those scenarios you make an awkward situation, you make a stranger feel bad, and you get upset. The other situation, stranger feels good, you are like, "All right, yeah, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that merriness you're sending my way." And I'll go about my day. And then you're not annoyed. Everyone turns out better. So, just be a little better. It's like, so I like to bless coughs um and burps as well as sneezes, and people are like, "That's not a sneeze." And I said, well, excuse me, I thought, I didn't think it was a bad thing to spread some extra blessing on bodily functions. My bad, though. I will keep my blessings to myself next time. <laughs> uh, but that that's a kind of sarcastic, quirky thing that I like to do that's kind of funny It's not that serious, but um, also not that serious, so favorite Christmas story, any of your thoughts on anything today, The Viking at gmail.com have a Merry Christmas, wonderful New Year, here we go, um, not going to feel any different, but we are going into a new decade, that's always exciting, right? Thanks guys.